this is Darren Karp, and I'm here with Magic's dad, John Thrasher. How are you, Johnny Boy? I'm doing well. I'm giving a quick little shout out to everyone who's watching us on the Sussy Radish feed on Patreon. Yes. I want to just set the scene a little bit, Darren, if you don't mind. <laughs> sure. Okay, so <laughs> I like that you giggled before you said sure. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who aren't watching or who aren't Sussy Radishes on Patreon and watch our video podcasts of this episode every week, um, Darren threw me for a loop before we started, before we hit record. She was like, I have an outfit that I want to change into before we play, before we hit record. Um, so I'm going to change into that, turn my camera off and let it, and then I'll turn it on when we're ready. What? Oh, excuse me. Someone has to bring the heat. I, I promise that I will try to wear something different and interesting. Meanwhile, when I can for recordings. Meanwhile, you have like a tiny hat on and that was it. That's true. Last week. And by the way, congratulations to, I think, Stephanie, who won that. You're, that's correct. It'll be coming to you soon. Meanwhile, I bought a new polo over the weekend and I'm wearing and it. Great. Thank you. But I guess that's not enough for you. So, Darren, go ahead and give us the reveal for those who are watching on Patreon. Uh, what are we, what's the big thing? I'm very nervous about what, oh my God. Okay. Okay, I don't even, I think I'm, I. Th Should we just not even describe it and like if just you want to know? Yeah, if yeah. you want to know. Yeah. If you want to know. If you want to know, then you have to, you have to see the video. Otherwise yeah. it's kind of inexplicable, I would say. Very inexplicable. I think if I had to give it, so give us one word as a tease. My one word tease, I think, is Snoopy, question mark, which I don't even know if this is a Snoopy thing, knowing you that's, and Andy Cohen. That's a very good guess. Yeah. That's a very good guess, and you would be right. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. What's your one got this word for tease? Nadine, though. So oh. uh, my one word tease is John's right, but it's a two word <laughs> tease. Um, All right. But you know, you can't really You can really see. I feel like it's something to really see. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it can't really be described, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll keep it for the thumbnail at least. Is that the thumbnail right there? This is this is this is this the thumbnail? This is the thumbnail. Let me see. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Now I see the eyes. Okay. All yeah, right. Okay, now you see it. Okay, you All see right. it. All right. This okay. isn't a visual podcast, so for anyway, those listening, check it out. A murder to get we to. We got a murder yes. to get to. Darren, I speaking of um animals and, and Snoopy and things of that nature, I am still recovering from losing my Animal Crossing Island. If you don't know okay. what we're talking about. We're all mourning. We're all mourning your loss. I lit a candle last night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. Um, you're going to have to sign up for Patreon for this particular NMR episode where I talk about having lost my Animal Crossing Island. And there's a whole literal, literally police were involved. And I'm not kidding. You're going to have to go listen to NMR. Uh, that's really all I yep. can say. Yep. It was a... It, it, Needless to say, it was a whole thing, people. It was, it was a, whole a whole thing. thing. I say that a lot, but it really was a whole thing that included me calling uh, the police. And yes. um, I finally come clean about it. It happened at the beginning of last year. I'm putting on lip uh, chapstick, lipstick, uh, oh. right in the middle oh. of speaking, which is, of course, I'm very Snoopy. professional. You're lipstick? Yeah. This is going to be a good This, this is going to be a good episode. show. This is going to be a good show. Good episode. Uh, so without further ado, Darren, you've got your outfit on, which is shocking. And um, mm -hmm. I think we we can we can uh, oh. keep going. Let's, How's that sound? Let's get into all it. All right. So as we all know, our teenage years are some of the most formative years of a person's life, full of new experiences, self-discovery, blossoming new relationships, 
you know, yeah. this hopefully is how it is for most people. We shouldn't Some say everyone. Some of my best like romantic nights were spent in my teenage oh. years. That's not to say many adult oh. years. It's just that like oh. when you're a teenager, there's like everything's new. Everything yeah. is your first time. Right. So it's all just very exciting. Yeah. It can be hard to forget the rush of holding hands with your crush in the hallway if you were straight and did that when we yeah. were kids. Or slow ew. dancing with ew. Or slow dancing with your sweetheart at the prom. I never slow danced with any sweethearts. They were all my best girlfriends. It's a whole thing, like I just said. The it's a whole thing. However, the joy of innocence, uh, sorry, and innocence of young love comes with a downside because, Darren, the reality is that more often than not, most of these relationships end. Um, teen years are also a time of heightened emotions, which can lead to tears and arguments and perhaps even the ending of friendships or a friendship or two. I know that definitely happened in my high school days. Of course. You know, it happens. It's normal. Well, in some of the worst case scenarios, as we've discussed on the show, you know, those friendships ending could even lead to murder. Okay. Murder. Murder. So Shonda Scherer was born on June 6, 1979 to Steve Scherer and Jacqueline Vaught in Pineville, Kentucky. She attended St. Paul's School in Louisville until the sixth grade, where she was extremely active in multiple extracurriculars, including cheerleading, softball, and volleyball. Okay, Never played it, but I've heard of it. Your people have heard of it. Yeah. Uh, just before Shonda started seventh grade, her parents divorced, her, her mother remarried, but that marriage also came to an end in 1991. She decided to move in, uh, sorry, move with her daughter to New Albany, Indiana for a fresh start. I said that weird, Indiana. Indiana. I don't know, I don't know why that happens to me sometimes, but it is what it is. Anyway, Shonda had gone to private schools up until this point, but being a newly single mother, meant that Jacqueline could no longer afford private school tuition on her own. Of course. Yeah, Shonda was going to be starting off the school year uh, at her first ever public school, which was called Hazelwood Middle School. So a little bit of drama, not necessarily drama, but, you know, some things going on in the family life and a little bit of moving around. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of movement. Which can lead to instability, which, of course, is just a little bit stressful for most teenagers. Yeah, and early in the school year, I mean, yeah, again, school's stressful enough. Early in the school year, uh, Shanda met Amanda Heverin. Now, Amanda and Shanda didn't like each other at first. Amanda Kind of like us. Still, and still. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And even got into a fight. But during detention, they began to get along and ended up becoming close friends. This has happened to me before where I've sort of had this, like... Again, us, yeah. Yeah, like... Although not us, because we've always liked each other from the start. But in theory, like I have had friends where I didn't like them, and then they end up becoming such close friends. Really, get to know someone. Yes, interesting. Our instincts can be wrong. No, that's true. I can't think of anybody where I was like, "Oh, I don't like that person," and then we became friends. But I don't know. I'm not really that. I don't know. That just never really has happened to me. Well. We got some lesbian drama here because Amanda's (laughs) girlfriend, Melinda Loveless, tough last name, felt very intimidated by this new friendship and accused Shanda of trying to steal her girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I don't really think this has ever happened to me. Yeah. Thankfully. I've never had a girlfriend, so no, it hasn't happened to me. (laughs) Actually, that's not true. I have, but still. Exactly. Shanda and Amanda, (laughs) do any of your boy, would any of your boyfriends get mad if you like had a new gay guy friend? It's funny. It's like, mm, no, none of my boy. No, 
But I think that if you, it's just a very weird dynamic. If like, it's hard to explain. Like if, at least in the, in the gay male world, like if you have a gay single best friend and you're both single and like, say a cute new guy moves to town or, you know, I'm talking like college days and high school days or whatever, you know, there's a little bit of jealousy in terms of like, who's going to land the cute guy, whether it's a friend or a boyfriend. I mean, that's normal. That happens in straight relationships and friendships too. But um, no, I can't say, you know, gay men typically are usually really cool with being friends with other gay men. Yeah, I think gay people in general, because there's like so few of us, you know, in general. Yeah, exactly. It's just like less of a population to choose from. Yeah, for sure. Well, Shanda and Amanda continued seeing each other, which greatly upset Melinda. Melinda was 17 years old and came from an extremely troubled background. Her life growing up was one filled with trauma and abuse, Mm. mostly at the hands of her father, Larry Loveless. And Melinda was the youngest of three girls. You just hate to see this. This is just horrible. Yeah. Larry was a Vietnam veteran and was held in great respect by the community. And maybe, you know, we're going to get into it, but I wonder if there's some mental shit happening because of the Vietnam War. And For sure, yeah. Whatever. No excuses. Just maybe providing a little color to Explanations, it. Explanations, yeah. His wife, Marjorie, however, had a very different perspective of him, of Larry, that is. Now, Marjorie described her husband as a pervert claiming he got sexual pleasure out of wearing his own daughter's underwear and would Hmm. often cheat on his wife openly with various men and women. Wow. And Marjorie attempted suicide multiple times, blaming her husband's infidelity and sexual obsessions. Melinda's older Hmm. sisters would later go on to claim sexual abuse at the hands of Larry. That seemed to be where this was going. But But Melinda herself never spoke up, despite being forced to sleep in the same bed as her father until Hmm. she was 14, when he unexpectedly abandoned the family. So it's kind of reminds me a little of Casey Anthony vibes. We don't, I was just going to say that, but like it just, it does. I have the exact same thoughts. Yeah. It's not exactly the same, but it's got similar tones. Um, Tones. Yeah. But just horrible. I mean, especially when it's by your fucking father, like your parents are supposed to protect you. (sighs) Truly. I mean, the sad reality is like we're hearing this story, but so many of these stories have happened that we'd probably never even hear of. So it's a really yeah. tragic reality of especially right this now. time, you know what I mean? This time in history, I feel like you could get away with this type of abuse a lot easier then than you can now. So, you know, hopefully it's at least, you know, the society's Getting evolving. Better. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. People know the signs for it maybe a little bit more and willing to report yeah. it. But in the midst of all this domestic turmoil, Melinda was also beginning to explore her own sexuality, realizing that she was a gay woman. She's a lesbian. She came out to her mother in the summer of 1991, shortly after she began dating Amanda. I saw that coming. Melinda's mother yeah. originally struggled with accepting her daughter's sexuality, but she did eventually make peace with the information, which is a normal response. And when Shanda came yeah. into the picture, Melinda began to notice Amanda becoming more and more distant and that's probably because you know she's you know feeling a certain way about shanda yeah i just have to say it's fun watching you rationalize some of these details with this outfit on so thank you for that again sign up to be a sussy radish on patreon if you'd like to see darren in a cartoon outfit uh dissecting this case well well there you go Shameless plug for our Patreon. Um, Well, by the fall of 1991, Melinda had made Shanda her sworn enemy. By the way, I was saying Shonda earlier, so Shanda and Shonda are the same person, but I think Shanda 
phonetically sounds right. So we'll go with Shanda. It's just spelled with an A. I guess it could be Shanda. Yeah. I just kept thinking maybe I was just pronouncing it no, wrong. No, Shanda looks right, though. Shanda. You're probably right. Yeah. We digress. Well, we digress. We're, we're not perfect over here. Yeah, no. Um, by I the mean, fall, I am, but that's because well, I'm in a Snoopy outfit. Sure. Let's yeah. go with that. Sure. By the fall of 1991, Melinda had made Shanda her sworn enemy, openly talking about killing oh. her and making nasty comments wherever she could. I mean, openly talking about killing her, it's like, we've heard that in high school, you know, like, but are people ever really serious about that? In this case, we might be. It scares me a little bit of just how openly people, I mean, it's always like we hear this, like the people are just like, oh yeah, they're just like, you know, he's talking about how I wanted to murder her. And I'm like, are we in the... What kind of conversations am I in? Well, you know? and like what also, room am I in? I know. And then like, I think that you and I, at least I, I can speak for myself and I think you, that like when people say things like this, even joking nowadays, how many episodes have we done now of, of podcasts? Like 700 or something. I just kind of like take note of it in a different way, you know? Like... <laughs> I don't know. I'm almost like I sometimes I even write down in my notes like people said this. Is that crazy? People said this at on June 23rd. Like no, I, I think literally it's smart. do things like that. Yeah. Like if you were reporting every inc- incident, I'd be yeah. like, no, I think you're being a little right overbearing. But like yeah. I think you should write things down. Well, you know what's funny is like even that Murdoch case that we talked about last week. Um, and by the way, if you don't, if you haven't listened to that episode, we highly recommend uh, watching that uh, documentary on Netflix and then listening to our show. But part of the reason Alex Murdaugh was convicted was because of a video that his son captured at yeah. a certain time point where he claims he wasn't on the property. Exactly. And things Technology like that. Technology going to fuck you up. Because exactly. There's, things are d- downloaded into the cloud now. Like Totally. Yeah, totally. So Because like yeah. even if they couldn't get it off of his phone, you could sign on to iCloud.com and exactly. see what's on there. It's, so it's anyway, up. my point is, I'm always snapping pictures. If I see a sussy little white van, I'm taking the tags. You know, I'm all, I need to maybe relax a little bit. But yeah, (laughs) anyway, Um, as we said, uh, openly talking about killing her and making nasty comments. One such incident had dozens of witnesses as Melinda began yelling and threatening to kill Shanda in the middle of a school dance when she saw her sitting with Amanda. Now, remember, we're in high school. Emotions are running high. Hormones are running high. And Melinda came from a very abusive household. And she's, exactly, her background is violent. There's a lot of stuff going into this, you know? Yeah, this incident scared Shanda's mother so much that she decided to remove her from public school and put her back into a private girls' school. Despite, obviously, the financial, you know, challenges that come with paying for that, she forbade Shanda from ever seeing Amanda, although this, of course, did not stop the budding romance. Because one I mean, thing you don't do is tell a person teenager. that they should, yeah, yeah teenager right. that they shouldn't spend time with somebody that they love or who they want to be with. Shanda would wait for her mother to fall asleep and then sneak out to a secret rendezvous point where she would meet Amanda. Now, Darren, I have to like ask this before, yeah, as a lesbian yourself, and as maybe you know, as a high school student, I'm sure you were. Figuring some things out. I know a little uh-huh. bit about your 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 history. But aside from that, were you ever did you ever sneak out at any point of your parents' house? Because you have such an interesting I never res- had to sneak out. You've always had a respectful you've always talked very respectfully about your parents and like I could never imagine you deceiving them for some reason. The truth is it wouldn't be a matter of like me wanting to deceive them. Like there yeah. really was no deceiving them. I never felt like if I wanted to go out, I would just tell them. 
Same. And I'd be like, hey, I'm going here. And they'd be like, cool. Yeah. Like, do you need a ride? You know, it's not like my parents were all like laissez faire about it. They were certainly like, you know, we want to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. But for the most part, they never needed to be sneaking up because my parents never forbade me from doing anything. I'm thinking about how your mom's going to listen to this episode on Sunday and have a lot to say. She's I feel gonna like have notes. she's, she's going to give you feedback and notes, and I want you to make sure you capture them and read them on next week's episode. She listens to this on the walk on her walk, yeah, so yeah. maybe she'll yeah. be zen about it. Uh, it's unclear. <laughs> We don't know. We'll find out, though. I have a feeling we're going to find out. Yeah, we'll We'll find find out. out. Well, nonetheless, like I said, uh, Shanda, you know, was sneaking out. A popular hangout spot for local teenagers was an old abandoned house commonly referred to as the Witch's Castle. By the way, you have an abandoned house near your place, don't you? Oh, no. What's the house that your mom would pass by on her walk? And it had a lot of Halloween decorations or something like that. There's and one with a lot of Halloween decorations. There's one with like iron wizards at the front that she's. That's like, what I was John's thinking. Thra- That's what I was Thra- thinking. But it's not abandoned. It's not fully abandoned. stocked, and people are living there. It's you. not the witch's castle, as far as you're. Could aware? be the witch's castle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I had to take a quick sip. Well, anyway, as I said, Melinda was enraged. Not only was she heartbroken to know this de- these details. But to lose her girlfriend to someone so much younger was, I guess, an embarrassment that she sort of couldn't really accept. Melinda began carefully calculating a plan for revenge. But in order to pull it off, she would need to recruit some help and enlisted her friend, Laurie Tackett. Now, Laurie Tackett. Yeah. I can't say it any other way. Yes, exactly. Laurie came from an extremely religious family. Her mother was a devout fundamentalist Christian, and her father was a factory worker and ex-felon, actually. Laurie's mother had some questionable parenting techniques, which sometimes included physical violence and emotional abuse. One incident even required intervention from child services. That was when Laurie's mother learned that her daughter was changing into jeans at school. Uh, she actually attempted to <sighs> strangle her. Oh, God. Laurie herself suffered tremendously from mental illness and claimed to be molested at least twice before the age of 12. Ugh, did these you, are just horrible details. Did you ever see details. the movie Carrie? Like the original yeah. one from the 70s, Sissy yeah. Spacek? The mom in that one, you know, with like the religious abuse. And at the end, when yeah. she's like, she's like killed by Chris. It, it's just, it freaks it's me out. Whenever I think of like an overbearing mother, like religious, <laughs> I always think of that movie. Yeah. I always think of that movie. That definitely does bring up uh, similar vibes here for sure. Yeah. Well, Laurie was also fascinated by the occult and became increasingly rebellious towards her mother's religion as she got older. By the time she was 15, Laurie was claiming to be possessed by an ancient Ooh. vampire spirit named Deanna the Vampire to impress her friends. That's a good vampire name. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Deanna the Vampire. It sounds like a comic book character or something. Right. Yeah. Around the same time, Laurie also came out as a lesbian, much to the dismay of her mother, and began cutting herself. Oh, God, I hate hearing which is, a, I know, a sad reality about, you know, kids coming out, especially, again, at this time. Uh, we hope that society has moved a little bit further away from these types of reactions. But nonetheless, in a presumed suicide attempt, Laurie and her girlfriend slit their wrists together. Oof. Both survived the attempt, but Laurie was hospitalized and diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. During the visit, Laurie admitted to experiencing violent hallucinations since a very young age, and she was prescribed antidepressants and sent home in April of 1991, which I think is 
the sad reality about that is that's what happened to a lot of people at that age uh, in yeah. the 70s that were coming out and dealing with these kinds of very serious conversations. But how does this relate to Melinda? So that summer, Lori, Lori began hanging out with Melinda Loveless. And by fall of 91, remember she got... She got sent home in April of 91. Right. Laurie had dropped out of high school and spent most of her time with Melinda. Lesbians, am I right? Yeah, lesbians. Quick you to move in. That, you hauling right in. That. Well, when, when Melinda approached <laughs> Laurie with the plan to kill 12-year-old 12 12-year-old 12 Chanda in yeah. January of 1992, she was eager to help. You know, these, these kids, like... Kids, yeah. You know, with the mental illness, too, it's like part of me is like, are they going to be in prison forever? Like, I just, yeah, there's so much pain here. Just all totally. around, there's just so much pain. And it um, all starts in with abuse, you know? Like, you're hearing yeah. about so much abuse. It really is where a lot of this stuff starts, sadly. On the evening of January 10th, 1992, Laurie was supposed to go to a concert in Louisville with Melinda and her two other friends, Tony Lawrence and Hope Rippy. Instead of going to the concert, though, Melinda had a night of terror. Planned. Mm. Up until this point, Hope and Tony had never met Melinda, but they were good friends with Laurie and trusted her judgment. So Laurie drove, dro Laurie drove the two girls to New Albany, where they picked up Melinda. There, she told them all about how she hated Shanda for stealing her girlfriend and proposed a plan to, quote unquote, scare her and teach her a lesson. Mm -hmm. I don't like where this was going. Just girls saying, let's scare her. I mean, I know not at all yeah. up in murder, but this just sounds mean already. Yeah. Tony and Hope agreed, not fully understanding what they were signing themselves up for. Because who's thinking, you know, at this age, it's going to go to murder? You know, they're probably just thinking, yeah. what do you want to do? Like, shout things at her or something? Be a yeah, bully, like but bully not, her. Like, exactly, you know, yeah. Not murder her. Now, Laurie sure. flashed a large kitchen knife, assuring the group that they were, the, they were only going to frighten Shanda with this, okay? They weren't going to kill her. Shanda spent weekends at her father's house in Jefferson, so the four girls set out to find her, stopping at... One of my favorites, McDonald's, along the way. You got to get your, uh, you know, shamrock shake, if you will. Shanda's got to get the shamrock shake with Melinda, <laughs> and it's got to be a whole good time. But yeah. when they arrived, Melinda told Hope and Tony to go to the door and introduce themselves as friends of Amanda. She told them to tell Shanda that Amanda would be waiting for her at the witch's castle and couldn't wait to see her. Oh, it's like luring someone in. I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. Shanda obviously was excited but told the girls she would have to wait until midnight after uh, her father had fallen asleep. So the girls agreed to leave and come back later, and the group made their way to the concert. Shortly after midnight, they returned to Shanda's, Shanda's house. Only this time, Tony and Hope were beginning to catch on that this wasn't just going to be some yeah. harmless prank of scaring Shanda. The entire ride from the concert, Melinda spoke incessantly about how excited she was to kill Shanda. So a little bit of a pivot. Yeah, a little bit of a pivot, but pivot. But you also, you know, like to your point that you were just saying, like I'm thinking about these details and I'm like, they're just kids, right? So you don't right. really think that someone's going to actually kill somebody. Like maybe she's just hyping everybody up. They're all in the moment, you know, but like, right, you she's know. She's got a this, knife, but like, yeah, is every threat, like, I don't know. Like it's it's hard to say in the moment. It sounds so easy when we're kind of sitting behind our computers I know, and talking it's true. about it. But like. It's hard in the moment to know, especially with kids, like if they have the wherewithal to keep that boundary or totally. stick up for everybody. And it doesn't mean that they're a murderer themselves. It just means like not everyone makes the right decision all the time, even in hindsight, if we wish we had made that right decision. So it's true. It's, it's true. complicated. But Melinda also admitted that she was sexually attracted to Shanda and planned to frighten Shanda 
into having sex with her. So creepy and weird. So this is a lot of... And, you know, let's not forget the girl's 12. I'm not saying, you know, it just, it feels very off. Very off. Yeah. Well, by the time they arrived, Tony refused to get Shanda as promised. Instead, Laurie went up to the door to try to lure Shanda out. Melinda hid in the backseat of the car under a red blanket, clutching the Mm. doll knife, kitchen knife uh, she had brought from home. At the door, Laurie and Hope assured Shanda that Amanda would be waiting at the witch's castle, and after changing her clothes, they got her to reluctantly agree to go with them. When Shanda got into the car, Melinda popped out from under the blanket and put the knife to her throat. Oh my god, I can only imagine how scared she was. And then the car takes off towards the witch's castle, which which is where the plan was to be to begin with. When the group arrived, they forced Shanda out of the car where they tied her hands and feet together with rope. Shanda was, of course, sobbing, and Melinda became nervous that someone would hear or see them from the nearby road. At this point, if Melinda is nervous that this person is making noise, it seems like, yeah, it seems like she's going to go through with this, right? Yeah. Laurie agreed and then loaded Shanda back into the car, stuffing her into the trunk. They drove to a local garage dump that was secluded in the woods. They removed Shanda from the trunk and laid her in the dirt just in front of the car's headlights. Tony and Hope were terrified and stayed in the car as Melinda and Laurie stripped Shanda naked. Mm. They beat her repeatedly with her fi- with their fists, causing Shanda's braces to slice up the inside of her cheeks, oh. which is like such a disturbing detail. Melinda attempted to stab her with a kitchen knife, but it was too dull to penetrate skin, which is kind of surprising to me. Like, I think of a, even a dull kitchen knife. Right, I would like, think, like, even a butter knife you could stab someone with. I yeah. Mean, that's, but it's... Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, Hope and Laurie held Shanda down as Melinda strangled her with a piece of rope. When the young girl went silent, they assumed that she was dead and loaded her back into the trunk. The four girls then drove back to Laurie's house where they cleaned up and resumed their night almost as if nothing had happened. Just another thing to do together with your you friends. You know what this kind of also reminds me of? Skylar what? Niece. Definitely Skylar Niece, yes. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, that's an early, early episode of Martinis and Murder. That's right. Uh, back in the day, but uh, which I have connections to that case. So maybe exactly. we, we, should, we should revisit that we should, case we here should on the show. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, suddenly from outside, the sound of a muffled scream could be heard. It was Shanda, screaming for help from the trunk. Without missing a beat, Laurie went outside with a paring knife. These are all the knives they have, a dull kitchen knife and a paring knife. I guess so. You know? Well, she took that paring knife and stabbed her several more times in the chest. And she came back covered in blood. Laurie cleaned herself up and then gave everyone psychic readings, Darren, using her rune stones. So lots of, you know, we got the witch's castle. Right, we've We've got got readings, we've got stabbings. I mean, this is the making of like a horrible hocus pocus. It really, yeah, exactly. This is like X-rated, you know, R-rated hocus pocus. Hocus pocus, pocus, yeah. yeah. Not X-rated, John. Hocus no jocus. Yeah, okay, look out. That was good. That was a good one. Thanks. Well, at about 2.30 a.m., Melinda and Laurie decided to go out for a drive. Of course. Hope, of course. Why not? Nothing else really going on in their lives at this point. Hope and Tony, of course, chose to stay home. They yeah, weren't well, trying to be a part of this. You yeah. know. 
Melinda and Laurie went out driving, but even while the car was on, they could hear the occasional groan or gurgle coming from the trunk. I hate the word gurgle, by the way. Eventually, Laurie pulled over, and when she opened the trunk, Shanda immediately sat upright. She was, of course, covered in blood. She had been stabbed all those times by that paring knife, and her face was beaten so badly that she was so swollen, essentially, and was unable to speak. So really horrible situation here uh, unfolding for Shanda. And everyone is shocked she was still alive. I'm assuming Shanda probably is shocked she's still alive. Yeah, really. And Laurie began beating her over the head with a tire iron until she was unconscious yet again. Also, this this goes to show how, like, strong human beings are. Like, if you're beating me with a tire iron, I just assume if you're smacking me with a tire iron, like, I'm dead. Yeah. Like, this girl, this 12-year-old girl is surviving all of this stuff, let me just say. Yeah, and one other thing that's coming to mind, too, about this detail with the tire iron is like, okay, this is now getting to a point where it's very clear that this wasn't like a crime of passion or even, of course, any kind of defense or anything like that. Like, she has now been attempted to be murdered three different times by the same person. And, you know, it shows the type of evil that I think Laurie specifically uh, and Melinda are. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, just before sunrise, Laurie and Melinda returned back to the Tackett household where they woke up Tony and Hope, who somehow managed to fall asleep after having this <laughs> day that they've had. That's a whole other podcast. But Laurie laughed as she told them about the horrific torture they ensued on Shanda. And it just makes me think that these girls just are too young to really know what the fuck is going on. Like, everyone True. is just in a shit sock with all of their trauma. Like, this is their normal. They just have no idea because there's not really any signs that anyone's like, hey, guys, like, yeah, you know, maybe this isn't funny. Maybe this maybe we shouldn't be laughing. Maybe this isn't good. Well, overhearing them talking, Laurie's mother became enraged. They had been up so late. So <laughs> she demanded things. Laurie drive everyone home immediately. And after leaving her house, Laurie took the girls to a burn pile not far from her home. Once again, they opened the truck to find Shanda horrifically beaten but still clinging to life after all this, wow. Hope found a bottle of Windex and sprayed it on Shanna, Shanda, saying, you're not looking so hot now, are you? Like, what the fuck? Windex? Like, what do they think is going to happen? But like, just some like, sort of chemical? Cruel. Like, what, yeah. who are these people? Tony couldn't even stomach to look at the scene. Okay, so there's somewhat normalcy of a yeah. human being in there. Yeah. The girls then drove to a local gas station where Laurie brought a two-liter two bottle of Pepsi which she poured out and then refilled with gasoline. Oh, oh my God. Upon Hope's suggestion, they drove to a remote area known as Lemon Road, and the girls wrapped Shanda in the red blanket and laid her on the ground. They dumped half of the gasoline onto her and set her on fire. Oh, now, my God. Unconvinced she was actually dead, Melinda would return several minutes later to dump the remainder of the gasoline onto Shanda, as if this wasn't enough. And after leaving the scene, the four girls went to McDonald's for breakfast, you know? Because cool. they're tired and they're hungry. This is like... Yeah, this murdering is affecting people. affecting me in some sort of way. Maybe like the yeah. gay thing also, just being the female yeah. and female crime, but just like, she's 12. This is She's horrible. 12. I mean, yeah. this is like, this is worse than like an enemy would do to somebody, let alone. I know. Like, this is just horrible. Well, I mean, you're, you're seeing a glimpse of what you were saying, like <clears throat> adolescence and not having a fully developed brain, quite frankly. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just it's really, really intense. hard. It's hard to read, yeah. Well, Laurie, Melinda, and Hope goofed off and were in high spirits, at one point even pointing at their sausages at McDonald's and laughing, saying it just looked like Shanda. 
Oh, God. I mean, how horrible is that? Tony, however, was silent as the immense guilt began to set in. Thank God. Yeah, after breakfast, Hope and Tony were dropped off at home, and Laurie went to Melinda's house where they washed out her trunk with a hose. While there, Melinda got word that Amanda was up the street at the mall. She paged her, which, by the way, was a thing back in the day. Yeah. Uh, saying it, it, yeah, we didn't have cell phones at this point, saying it was an emergency and she needed to see her as soon as possible. Later that afternoon, Melinda and Laurie picked up Amanda. Melinda was giddy, telling her about how she had killed Shanda. But Amanda refused to believe it. To prove See, they this were... isn't a person tethered to reality, right? Not like, at this all. This has to be yeah. some sort of mental illness. Because oh, yeah. doing it and then bragging about it as if it would be okay shows that you really have no perspective. Yeah, and I think obviously trying to murder somebody four different times also adds yeah, to that. Yeah, exactly. Well, to prove that they were telling the truth, Laurie showed Amanda her trunk, which was still covered in Shanda's blood despite their best cleaning efforts. While Melinda was boldly going around boasting about the crime as if she had gotten away with it, an investigation was already beginning. A little over an hour after the girls left the scene, Shanda's body was discovered by two hunters who saw the smoke from the fire from the road. When they went to investigate, they found Shanda's charred remains and called the authorities. Earlier that morning, Shanda's father had noticed that his daughter was missing and filed a missing per- uh, excuse me, filed a missing person report. Mm. It didn't take long for the police to put two and two together that this burnt Jane Doe was most likely 12-year-old Shanda Scherer. Jesus, imagine being the father, like... And I know. Or whatever, like, oh my God, this is like painful. Yeah, and it also reminds me of the Jessica Chambers uh, story yes. where she was burned alive, the and fi- they still the, the car. Yeah. yeah. Investigators were so horrified by the details of the crime that some of the early theories, including a drug deal gone wrong, because they actually couldn't fathom any locals, let alone other teenage girls, being responsible for this. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this is worse than anything I saw in the fucking Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, really. Now, they didn't need to investigate too long before all the answers they needed were handed directly to them. Tony had been distraught about the situation from the beginning. And granted, like, do I think that she's guilty and should be serving time, Tony? Yeah, yeah. because she took part in it. But, like, clearly is not the same as these people. And there is some difference, even yeah. if she did participate. After being dropped off, she became so overwhelmed with guilt and desperately felt that she needed to tell someone. She called a friend who convinced her to do the right thing and go to the police. Thank God our friends can keep our care. Yeah, really. At about 8.20 p.m. on January 11th, Tony went to the Jefferson County Police Station and told them everything she had witnessed the night before. She identified the Jane Doe victim as Shanda and gave authorities the names of the other three girls. After comparing, and I'm so happy that the parents are going to get, you know, closure on all this and like someone had a conscience. After comparing dental records to Shanda's remains, her identity was confirmed the next day. Melinda and Laurie were arrested on January 12th. Hope and Tony were also arrested shortly thereafter. All four girls were tried as adults, but entered plea deals to avoid the death penalty, which I think is the right move here. Yeah, it is. Now, Melinda and Laurie were each sentenced to 60 years in prison with possibility of parole with good behavior. So they're probably going to be out, you know, in their 70s. Tony was sentenced to 20 years in prison, should should be less than the other ones. Yeah. And Hope was given 60 years with 10 years parole. So today, all four women have now been released from prison and integrated back into society. Tony was first to be released in the year 2000 with Hope being released six years later. 
Laurie Tackett was released not too long ago, about five years ago in 2018, after her sentence was shortened for good behavior. Melinda was released in 2019 and given additional year of parole. And during the later years of her sentence, Belinda began a program that trained emotional support dogs to treat young children while they are in courtrooms. Shanda's mother had even commended her growth and rehabilitation, saying that when she saw Melinda working with the dogs, she saw someone who was, quote unquote, completely reborn. What? And today, Melinda still works as a dog trainer in Indiana. And well, I think that this, you know, obviously they got tried I'm and they shocked. got convicted and they served time. And maybe this has to do with a little bias of like females in general, but I do think when you're sentenced at such a young age, the ability to rehabilitate, I feel like would be pretty strong. And you recognize your ways and you go to prison and you realize that the rest of your life and you calm down and you kind of work through your emotions. And I think, um, I think when you're arrested so young and you do something like this so young, there's just, it's such a greater potential to actually turn your fucking life around. I completely hear you and agree, but this I mean, it's still shocking. It's still murder. Shocking yeah, this murder was so grisly and beyond. I don't know how they got out. Senseless. How on earth could any of these people but have think gotten about, out? But think about the abuse that they also suffered. You know, and that has to be taken into account. I think. Yeah. No, you're right about that. Even a little bit, you know, because yeah. do they also deserve? Even though this was. Horrible and gruesome. And like I said, the worst thing we probably ever really talked about. Like, yeah, that's but true. But they were also very young and didn't have another criminal record and maybe really did learn the ways. And who knows? You know, I mean, just so many to hear, sides of this. Yeah, it's very true. And to hear that Shanda's mother was like, because that says a lot to me. That, that does say a lot. Closure. I mean, that tells me that like maybe there's more to this than we can even report here on the show. I mean, definitely. I'm definitely not. I don't want to like talk badly about anybody. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of tragedy in this story, and this was a really tough one, frankly, for me to get through, and I'm sure for you, Darren, as well. I mean, I feel weird even being in a Snoopy outfit for this. Yeah, like, that's it actually true. feels horrible. Yeah, it, it does horrible. feel a little weird. But um, you know, not just my own personal opinion about how they got out, but I'm just talking from like a legal process standpoint. You really don't hear about people being, uh, you know, released from prison this early for such a horrific crime. But listen, that's the justice system. It's not perfect. You can just and they did do serve as... time. You know, it's not like it's not yeah, like they got true. a year like, and then was off. It, Forty I mean, years or something. Yeah, maybe? they did serve a lot of their time and their adult life. I think. Um, you know, you can change in prison a lot easier. I I don't have any facts necessarily to back that up. That just feels like yeah, in yeah, terms I know of brain development, but yeah. just a tragic fucking case. Yeah, really tragic. Um, yeah, yeah, if you're good. training your dog in Indiana, maybe do some reference checks. I don't know. That's all. Well, I'm gonna again, say. though, what if? So I'm gonna you say. Know, you know, I do believe in second chances. I do too. Really. I'm and not. So against maybe she's it. an amazing dog trainer. You know, a lot of people like. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You never know. But you never uh, know. It's a Let, sad case, but at least there's closure. Let's let's end on a positive note. With yes, let's get into us. some happy. Uh, well, you know, maybe happy for others, but maybe not us, because this weekend, yeah, I asked Darren augmented in. I'm sorry, artificial intelligence to create a podcast cover art for Uh-oh. a show called Shaken and Disturbed, and as you might expect. The results were horrifying, including <laughs> what seems to be disfigured humans on the oh, okay. on the cover. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of our friends, Susan, seemed to think that these people were us, Darren. She said, quote, 
I like the image where John is holding the chocolate-looking drink. Yep. The images I'm of you to and pull it up. So yeah, the images of you and John are so yeah. Darren's showing our Patreon stream here what it is. The images of you and John are so disturbing, but this one looked the most disturbing. And I. First of all, thank you, Susan, for commenting. I did comment back that I was... I like this one the best. That's Shardwake de yeah. Shainreek. Literally, why, like, like, these aren't even words. an anagram? <laughs> we don't even know what's going on here. I commented that I was laughing that she thought it was us. She profusely apologized, and I, I mean, just wanted... I this looks wanted... like me. Yeah, that's the one I think people yep. thought might have been us, but I'm like, uh, listen... We've you'll hear an NMR over the week uh, oh. over last week. We're we're doing sunscreen. Okay, we don't look yeah, like no. That. I mean, this is this is yeah. Well, anyway, no worries, Susan. Thank you for the laughs. But just to oh. confirm for everyone who's on Patreon, and by the way, this was so for fun. everyone on Patreon. Uh, those are not images of me and Darren. That is what an AI thought people who podcast a show called Shaken and Disturbed might look well, like. I will say a patron goes by C Lil One reacted to the images saying, LMAO, they're giving me Jason theme vibes, which yeah, not yeah. far off. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for <laughs> yes. sure. For exactly. sure. I have to... You know, when we played that game with our meeting of like most who's most likely to and it yeah. was like not shower for a week and everyone chose me. Yeah. yeah. This well. now is giving me like not PTSD. showered in a week yes. vibes. Yeah. Yes. So now All I'm right. feeling even more self conscious. <laughs> well, you can sign up for Patreon to see some of these exclusive horrific images yes. of us from time to time. You can join for as little as five dollars a month. That's all it takes. And actually, you can get it for even cheaper if you sign up annually. You can be a friend, a best friend. You can be a radish or a sussy radish. So check it out. This is the best way to support the show directly. So thank you, no matter how much you have contributed. Uh, a rating would be great. Any type of rating online really helps us get seen for visibility. So that's always important. Yes. All links for Patreon can be found in our show notes or patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. All one word. Um we have to thank Megan, and of course, we want you to check your freshies. But uh, <laughs> Megan, one, two, three. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. We need her on our cover art. Yeah, we should have included that. Maybe holding the weapon or something in the back. Yeah, she would be the one that stab us in the back, that's for sure. We got to see about it. But uh, yeah. we'll see you guys next week for an all-new episode of Shaken and Disturbed. Or Shardway Kortzberg. Yeah, check your freshies. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.